welcome back to Did You Have To, the podcast where two bad bitches talk about anime. And here are your hosts, Kate and Nisha. Yeah! Nisha's quirk, stress ball. By internalizing her stress about the world being in chaos and crime, she converts that stress into a superpower, becoming a badass. Kate's quirk, waifu warrior. By just watching her favorite shows, she can manifest real or fictional characters into the real thing. They come to life and fight by her side. Not every character does it, though. She has to find the individual really hot. Yeah! everybody welcome back to did you have to and today we're talking about studio ghibli's first film in like four years earwig and the witch i'm kate and i'm nisha and i have feelings i have feelings too disappointed feelings but we gotta unpack those feelings um but before we get started, uh, we should tell y'all what Earwig and the Witch is if you don't know. Uh, so Earwig and the Witch is directed by Goro Miyazaki, Hayao Miyazaki's son. It is a CGI feature film from uh, Studio Ghibli. This is the first CGI feature film that this that the studio has ever put out and it's the first feature film that Ghibli has released in four years. Um, it is based on a novel of the same name by by Diana Wynne Jones. She also wrote Howl's Moving Castle and features the voices of Shinobu Terajima, Etsushi Toyakawa, Gaku Humada, and Kokoro Hirasawa. Um, it the premise of the movie is in 1990s England. Wait, what? That was 1990? That was not 19. That was like the British invasion. Like, that was the 90s? This is so... I mean, sure. Punk, British punk rock. I don't know. The but 60s. That looks even this, the yeah, 90s right. with Spice Girls. Yo, I really did not are think there, this was the 90s. I, that looked like the still, 60s. Are there still like orphanages in the 90s? No, because everything she used, the radio, that didn't look old. like everything looked old. Even her clothes. That was the 90s. That was supposed to be the 90s. Uh, well, now even the another... adults' clothes, not even the yeah. not even the demon in the witch's clothes, just like the other adults look like they're in the 1960s. So now I have another problem with this movie. Okay, Earwig and the Witch. Um, sure. <laughs> Earwig, a 10-year-old orphan girl who grew up without knowing that she's the witch's daughter, is taken from the orphanage by a strange duo and starts living with them. Uh, which is a very sparse plot because spoiler alert this movie is only an hour and 20 minutes and there's barely any plot to it to begin with there's not a conflict in i can't even what happens is i can't even call the conflict in the movie an actual conflict i feel bamboozled there i'm just gonna say it i feel bamboozled yeah yeah so let's let 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 let's dig into this. This is where, if you've listened to the show before, you know that we do spoilers. Earwig and the Witch is out today, so you can go watch it. Um, 
or you can just listen to us because <laughs> I, I want to start okay let, let's save the going in on some of the issues for the later part let's talk about the animation first yeah I like that <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously I think the animation is probably so with this being Studio Ghibli's first you know feature film that's done in 3D CGI I think and this is me like after Lupin the third the first so I'm all for 3D CGI movies in anime because they can be done really well like I I honestly used to hate CGI anime just because there's like Gantz and then there's um, say Saint Seiya. Saint Seiya, yeah, that yeah. Saint Seiya reboot, and even the Cyborg zero zero nine one two. Yeah, even that, and there's just like I, that's my scale, and I'm like, I'm not saying Gantz is perfect, but Gantz is pretty good for a 3D CGI or a, a CGI anime animation. Oh yeah, it really is, and we have a review up if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to our Gantz zero episode or Gantz oh, I don't know if we ever figured out if it was a zero or an O. We still but- don't know. Yeah, but the animated movie, we we talked about that. We we had pretty positive feelings on it because it was really pretty. Yeah, beautiful. They didn't move blocky. Their lips really match well with what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So like going off of that, this definitely leans more towards the level of Gantz and Lupin the Third the First versus Saint Seiya, which just looks like it should have been a video game. So I like this animation a lot. Like it's smooth. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely not as detailed as Lupin because mm-hmm. uh, in Lupin you could see like the individual strands of their hair. The fabric was I was specifically thinking about like Fujiko, like mm-hmm. all of her clothes were extremely detailed. And saw that this one isn't, but this one has that simplistic Ghibli style, right? But done in CG. And I think for me. It was a little weird to me at first, but then I just fell in love with how they animated the hair, like Mm -hmm. in the thick strands, and it it just looked nice. Um, And and just the roundness of it all, like you could tell, I I think while it took me a lot to get used to it, and I'm I'm still hit or miss with CG, um, especially for anime, Mm -hmm. the, the CG animation here really captured the heart of of Ghibli animation, the, yeah, the round faces, the softness, the the scenery, and I think that in that it did really well, especially in the musical sequences of the film. Yeah, I agree. Like it's definitely like the hairs, the, like the hair, the like the style, the faces, like it's all Ghibli. It doesn't look like they tried to do something that's completely different from what Ghibli has done before, like the style, which I'm yeah. really happy they didn't because I've seen that done with some CGI films um, and it just does not work out well. So I, I was pleasantly, I mean, yeah, I would say I was pleasantly happy, surprised at how well the animation for the CGI like adapted the CGI, the Studio Ghibli style. Like it just, it felt seamless doing it that way. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, Then we come to like the premise. There's a lot of magic Mm -hmm. in this movie, but it's, 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 it's magic. It's magic in the Howl's Moving Castle way that it's magic. Like it's real boring magic. Mm -hmm. It's how to win a dog competition. It's, you know, all these things. And somehow Earwig, who, who is renamed to what she renamed to? Is it Erica? Erica. Yeah. Yeah. Like 
fuck that lady like immediately <laughs> why um earwig is like so she's adopted by this big witch who you know is a witch and this big tall demon guy who you know is a demon guy mm-hmm. he's a little attractive oh Did shocker say that <laughs> <laughs> you see now <laughs> love it um but and you can clearly tell that they're they're magical like they stand out in Mm -hmm. all of the scenes that they're in they just have different colors different hairstyles um all of that stuff and somehow earwig is just like buys into like oh yeah you're totally a witch teach me magic now and i'm like okay no proof needed apparently i guess you're just into it that's cool yeah and she's a little shit the whole time I was like, when it comes to Studio Ghibli heroines, uh, let me say this. Chihiro was not always a favorite, but I like Chihiro more than this girl. Yeah. Chihiro is a whiny little brat sometimes and she grows mm -hmm. out of it. But this girl, I just, it's this whole, she, okay. When, from the moment she's born or whatever, like growing up at the orphanage, she's always been able to make people do whatever she wants. There's never been any explanation for it. She's just like, I just get to do whatever I want and I can do, and people listen to me. And like, we, I guess we have to assume it's because she has magic abilities, but we just know, I don't know, does she just charm people? Is that her magic, whatever? No, so it's that, but there's no magic like there's no magic or mysticism behind that you know what i mean we don't yeah like she has no clue that she's a witch's daughter right she has no clue how like that for the entire movie honestly i question even at the end of the movie if she knows that she's a witch's daughter or that she has magic in her so there's that but yeah it's the whole scene where like she's like hey lady teach me how to do magic if you are a witch and not I just feel like is this how this scene should have gone yeah there, there's like there's no build-up really and and, mm-hmm. and it, it's what happens afterwards too that also kind of bugs me because she finds this library with um the mandrake which is the tall dude tall purple dude uh mm-hmm. the, with his writing and she like realizes oh yeah magic is real because this room shouldn't exist and there are these little bat demons that are adorable as all hell yeah um and she doesn't question it but we also never see that library again yeah i was disappointed she saw it to pick up her mom's cd or record yep which i mean the music in this movie is is phenomenal and the music sequence are phenomenal that this song the theme song particular is phenomenal but like she's just like oh yeah i love this song and i'm kind of like but why right why do you love the song mm-hmm. and where did that whole room of books go i get it's a magical house but you're just not gonna try to go back in there right because i guess and we've already said spoilers first off the movie that was described to us in the trailer felt very different from the movie that we watched the movie on the poster yeah is very different than what we watched exactly and it's just like, 
I thought, yeah, so she doesn't know who her mom is. Okay, cool. And her mom is on the run from the other 12 witches. Ooh, exciting. Great. So that will be the big conflict, right? No, none of that. We don't get to see any of that. And that feels like the missing third act from this film. I'm sorry. I want, I know we're like still talking about things we liked. I just, I can't. That feels like it's missing. And I say that because it's mentioned in the beginning. Like she's like, I have to leave for a little while. I'll leave you here and you'll love it here. They have great shepherd's pie, whatever. Yeah. But the whole the mom and the demon and, and the mandrake and the other witch were in a band that's never told to her they don't tell her i mean i don't even know if they know that she's their old bandmate's daughter i just i don't even know if the mandrake and her mom fucked and that's all i want to know i'm because, like is he your like, dad yeah, is that why he goes on you yeah, because he's like pulled to her and he's such a good dad, like big yeah. dad energy, man. He is. I love the man. Dad and Zaddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's probably my favorite character in the whole film. Mm-hmm. But like we like it's kind of hinted at because there's like a semi romantic moment and then nothing else. It's like and minuscule. It's, so it's extremely minuscule. And then like the other thing is too is given Ghibli's other films which are pushing like two hours mm-hmm. two and a half hours sometimes this one being only an hour 20 does it a disservice because you're completely right there is no third act mm-hmm. like we spend the majority of the movie with earwig and the witch eh, title um and she's learning and being a brat and then she meets a talking cat and she learns how to do magic with the talking cat Mm -hmm. she makes a man drake like pretty much just love everything she about her Mm -hmm. and then they have this montage where they're a happy family out of nowhere because the man drake got mad at the baba yaga witch lady yeah and then all of a sudden they're happy yeah and then all of a sudden they're a happy family and i'm like okay fine but then it ends that's it and it and like the baba yaga lady like then it it, i guess it takes all it takes is for earwig to say you were a fantastic drummer i love your music and then like that was enough for the woman to stop being mean to her and then decide to actually be let her be her apprentice for real and show her how to do magic which i'm just like i question a lot of the writing in this because there's no like you said there's no buildup, and i hate to say that like i I never thought I would not like a Ghibli movie. Yeah. I never thought it would come out of my mouth. Cause like, and y'all know how much I love Studio Ghibli. I have collected nearly all of the art books. I love all of Someone the- bought her a dope Nazca manga set. Somebody who's a, just a godsend in my life, a little miracle. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kate, it's Kate is the person. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I'm like, I love Ghibli movies and I hate that like, I did not like this. And I'm like, I wanted to like this. I like things about it, yeah. but it it just, I think it just really lacked buildup. It lacked character depth. Um, like- It just feels like it ends. Like it, it just yeah. ends and it feels like you haven't actually gotten anything because one of the beautiful things about Ghibli movies is how the young heroine 
grows, right? Yes. In, in Princess Mononoke, she learns how to be vulnerable and open up to the world, right? Mm-hmm. From being this feral child who will literally bite your neck. Um, right. In Spirited Away, Chihiro learns how to be appreciative and not a little brat and like forms close bonds with people and realizes the value of her family, right? In spirit, like there is always a larger lesson. And in Earwig and the Witch, I guess found family was the lesson in there, maybe, but it doesn't feel like Earwig at the beginning and Earwig at the end are the same character. She she doesn't go through anything. And then we get this very quick montage of the Mandrake, Bella Yagar, Bobby, whatever the hell the blue witch's name is. It's like a play on Baba Yaga, like actual folklore. It's like Yaga, Baba, I can't remember. Yeah. And, And you get them being a family and it's really cute and I like it. But mm-hmm. then you don't actually see the payoff because like the, the the big thing is that the movie ends with her mom coming back. And like technically we're, we should get a scene that is the payoff of this long lost witch coming back to her coven and mm-hmm. which was her band and reuniting with her daughter and telling us what happened with the 12 witches that right. they told us about. And like it starts with like this chase scene yeah and it's cool and then none of like it's all gone we and have the chase oh sorry go ahead no go ahead no the chase scene happens in the car that the mandrake and the other witch are driving or it's a car that looks just like theirs but it's mm-hmm. the same kind of model which you know it's a yellow beetle volkswagen just like in lupin so anyways i like that but my point is so we're not gonna talk about what was the significance of showing us that car that had teeth in the front of it yeah. and her running away with her baby? Like what would have probably helped a lot, ha- introduce the 12 witches or whatever they are and have Earwig be kidnapped by one of them. And then like the plot is that the Mandrake and the other witch and her mom have to come together to go save her. Or like, so I'm just saying- it, because you mentioned no, Nisha, we have to watch Earwig pick nettles like five different times and complain, complain <laughs> all the time. I just, there's just, I just needed there to be a payoff. I needed there to be something. I needed there to be build up. I needed there to be more of a plot besides, because you're right. Studio Ghibli movies, all of the female, like not female characters, yeah, but most of the heroines are, most of the, protagonists are female characters yeah. but protagonists in general in studio jubilee movies they have some kind of self-growth maybe they doubted their abilities maybe they found some courage within themselves maybe they learned how to be less selfish yeah. like or like they had an impact on somebody else yeah i feel like that's another way that could have gone and maybe it does that with the mandrake and baba yaga but not really no because we don't get enough time with that we don't actually right. like, they just go from being mean to not mean and it it makes no sense it makes no sense at all and it, i just wish it made sense 
it's frustrating because I, I genuinely think that this film could have been a lot better. Like I think in my written review, I gave it like a six or a seven and mm. it sucks to give it that. Cause like there are like things to praise it for. Like the music is phenomenal. The score, the mm-hmm. way it really transports you, I, which is apparently 1990s England. I thought it was the 1960s, um, but whatever. Yeah. Um like it transports you to that time in music history in a beautiful mm. way. And then there is like this use of like British rock, like British invasion rock, pop, mm-hmm. uh, punk, and then a uh, psychedelic rock. And it, it's, it's really beautifully done and it showcases how well they fit animation to music, especially with the scene design. But it, it's missing that like emotional punch that Ghibli comes with every movie. Yeah. And I think if they had had 30 more minutes, 45 more minutes, something to make it a full length studio Ghibli movie, please. Um, please. It would be something more because it had the groundwork to be something. And somewhere along the way, it just got lost. Right. I'm just very curious because you're right. <sighs> It feels like it got lost. Like, if honestly, I feel like there's a, a bunch of stuff on the cutting room floor that just got left out for whatever reason. I don't know. But it just feels like so much got cut out and it does the movie a, a, a service. But then I'm curious about the source material because I don't, I have not read this book. I'm not familiar with it. I do love Howl's Moving Castle. Um, so I'm curious about maybe checking out the source material only because I'm like, I want to know if does this follow it? Like, is this what happens in the book? So I heard that it it, it doesn't follow it closely, but neither, it didn't either to Howl's. Like they have a lot of creative right. liberties with it. But I would be interested to see how the book ends. Like, is there, cause like when I finished watching it, I watched through the entire credits Mm-hmm. beautiful ending theme beautiful animation in the ending credits but i was expecting like an end credit scene where like maybe it's just the mom talking with everybody or something right didn't happen though or like even a montage of like them talk like just even like sketches or something i was just like looking for that yeah but yeah because you're right like because i've read the house castle books and like yeah you're, you're right they don't follow the the Studio Ghibli House Castle is much different from the book House Castle, which is fine and it does its own thing with it. And the, not saying they couldn't have done that here. I guess I'm just like, is this the plot from the book? Or did you yeah. just take the story from the book and it, and it inspired this? Because I'm yeah. just like, I can't think of anything that I've ever watched or read that didn't have an actual buildup and like, you know, like the model of a story, there's a buildup, there's a conflict, there's all the stuff, there's a climax, and then there's a resolution. I feel like we didn't get any of that. We just went from like, I don't know, beginning to slight, so, I don't know. So I will say, I feel like we do have a conflict, which is Earwig and the witch, fine. Mm-hmm. The climax, I guess, is supposed to be the revelation of the band thing, and the audience knows that it's a mother. Mm-hmm. We get no fucking resolution. Right. We are still the only people that know that that is that woman's daughter. Right. As far as we know. 
As far as we know, yeah. Because I also I, I did I just want to know if they did it. I want to know if she's the Mandrake's daughter. I'm pretty sure she's the Mandrake's daughter. I'm only going off the fact that her hair sticks up like devil horns. That's it. Uh, that's smart. I did not even notice that. I'm just going off. That's all I have to go off of because she does not look like her mother at all. Mm-mm. Like she has brownish more, not like very brown, not even like any hint of red hair. So yeah, that's the Mandrake. She's the Mandrake's daughter. That's it. It's because she has devil horned pigtails. That's my logic. I'm sticking to it. But, I'm down with that. That's yeah. that that is more of an explanation than the actual movie gave us. Right. Cause like even Studio Ghibli and other movies will be like, Yeah, here's a dash of romance. But I'm like, even then I get more romance from I don't know, spirited away. <laughs> Which there's <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm surprised because I feel like Studio Ghibli always has like an undercurrent of some sort of romantic tension. Right, or some address about love. So like your whole, like you said, like, is it found family? Great, but it just feels like there is no real establishment of that bond besides her saying, hey, mister, I would love to read your work sometime. And like, hey, and like bugging him until like, I guess he breaks down and like, oh, spoils her. Yeah. And I'm like, how does she get the witch to give her, like to listen and do whatever she wants? Because that's where I'm more like, I don't think the witch is going to fall for this crap. The Mandrake, fine, he's your daddy. But the, the witch seems like she would just be the more stern one well, so that's the thing. I feel like there's like this big love triangle between the witch, the mom, and the mandrake. Mm-hmm. And we don't get to see any of it. Right. And so like I think when the mandrake gets mad at the witch for treating her badly, because right. he's he's mad about the worms, but he's even more mad when he realizes that they were meant for her. Right. And he tells the witch that she's not going to do it ever again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But like, then she switches into like mommy mode. Like, it's not even just like, I'm going to resentfully do this with you, you weird child. Right. It's it's just straight mommy mode. And it, right. it's, it's weird. There's just like, right. Because there's not even a moment where she where they actually have a conversation and maybe like I don't know I was expecting maybe hey do you like you like our band let me tell you more stories about our band and like things that we did like I don't know something like that even would have made sense but no not even that the witch is just enamored with her as soon as she compliments her being a a great drummer and that's it because you're right the mandrake is the one who kind of steps in is like she will never do that to you again which great but I don't know and you're right there is like this unspoken love triangle because the witch that was the ones that I don't even know if we know what earwig's mom's name is no I don't think we do well the redhead witch and the green-haired witch there's definitely love love triangle between them and the big daddy demon um (laughs) Yes, that's what we're going to call him now. Um, because literally, Earwig's mom is about to kiss him, and the other witch just, like, swerves the car. I'm like, well, you little cockblock. Like, what the heck? But, oh my gosh, I don't know. I just, I really wanted to like this. And I really, like, I feel a way, given that, so this is Miyazaki, me is, 
Hayao Miyazaki's son made this film. Yeah. Could you imagine being Hayao Miyazaki's child and making something? And it's done, and it is not at least up to half the standard of the other Studio Ghibli films. So, like, I feel bad because I feel like, I feel like because it's not Miyazaki, he already has that, like, or he, it's not Hayao Miyazaki, he has that burden already. Exactly. But then, like, to be the first CG film, like, he's literally, like, that's just a huge burden, and I feel bad for him. I do, and that's the thing, like, I feel bad for you, my guy, because this is, it's huge that it's the first CGI film in the Studio Ghibli universe, but it's also huge that this is his first Studio Ghibli film. No, no, it's not his first. Oh, it's not? Okay. No, he did the, he did, he did, he did Tales from Earthsea and from Up on Poppy Hill. Oh, okay. Well, he's fine. This will, you know, we all have to take some losses. Never mind. I still feel, (laughs) I feel for him because this is the first CGI but whoo you've already got yeah. two under your belt you'll be fine he's taking criticism for for, for sure also, you you got two good ones you're fine you got two good ones i mean i don't really care for tales from mercy I, I i didn't make it through all the way of that one but i did I like up on poppy it. hill so i love tales from Earthsea because i read the original earthsea books by ursula okay. Le Guin. um so i really loved it if you're not into that stuff though it can be real boring. It looked like I would like it. I just, I think I, I just watched it when I was sleepy. But from, from <laughs> up on Poppy Hill, Chef's Kiss, love it. Yeah. So he's fine. He can take criticism. I mean, <laughs> this isn't his first film, and the, like I imagine it wasn't his first film. But like, if, could you imagine again? It's like being Michael Jordan's child and not being good at sports. It's like people, like if you have a, a parent who's famously known and renowned for a certain work and then you are following in their footsteps, that's an, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, but no, really I mean, is. I think this film will get recognized for like the things that we said that we liked about it at least. Yeah. So I just, I, give us the I, third I, act. Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm frustrated because it had potential. Mm-hmm. I'm frustrated because it could have been great. And that's what bugs me. Yep. That's it. That's really it. Because I was expecting a lot more magical. Because like, the only movie, the other movie that this reminds me of is Kiki's Delivery Service. Mm. Um, and I just say because like witches and like the setting, like even the design in Kiki's compared to this one, they're slightly similar, which is why I was confused that this was supposed to be the 90s. Um, I don't I don't trust Wikipedia. I don't think this was supposed to be the 90s. Yeah, like, no. it, there's no way in hell that that was the 90s. It is the 60s, if not like 70s. 70s? even like yeah. late 70s I'll give it late 70s but yeah no but like even Kiki's delivery service were like there is magic but Kiki doesn't go on like some magical adventure that awakens her powers or she learns like she literally has to she gets depressed starts to lose her magic learns how to get her magic back like that's what I'm saying like I think I went into this wanting there to be a bigger 
plot with the magic yeah um, especially when they brought up how her mom was running away from the 12 witches it really sets it up as if yes or the 12 starts with a whole ass car chase right it, they talk about the to the council of the 12 witches multiple times mm-hmm Nothing. who are they what do they do what power do they have over your little coven like is this all that your coven is is it just a band are there other witches like you like so many questions and all unanswered i just want the third act i just feel like yeah. that's that's gonna be my line in this i just want the third, third act. act yep yep because i this was probably one of the few films that like when it finished i was just like what the fuck that's it like that that's that's what that's what we get yeah and it wasn't like i would like i'm mad at the ending because it doesn't feel (sighs) i'm mad at the ending because it doesn't feel like an ending it feels like it's gonna go to the next scene and you're gonna learn about her mom but that doesn't happen right which i was mostly interested in this movie because the mom because Mm -hmm. She's a very interesting and mysterious character. And I'm curious as to where the hell have you been and what have you been doing? Well, like the whole poster for the movie is Earwig rocking out with the with the band behind her. Right. Earwig doesn't do shit when it comes to oh, rocking out. That's true. She doesn't. Isn't there even a scene? I'm going to rewatch the trailer after this, but I'm pretty sure there's a trailer where like Earwig holds a microphone and is on stage. So we don't even get that. Because you're right, there like there's a whole poster where Earwig is on stage and the band is rocking out. Like we do get the scene where she's like listening to their music and she um is imagining herself at the concert. But even then she doesn't get on stage. Like, so I don't know what that was supposed to be about. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's just really frustrating. And I there just needed to be more there because Mm -hmm. even when you look at it being like magic based it's not as fantastical yeah as you would expect Mm -hmm. it is it's very it's very much about boring magic it's about magic that you use in everyday life and and the trailer it really focuses on like the psychedelic moments and like that type of thing. And then you go and you watch it and it's not that at all. Right. And it, 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 it it's fairly misleading and it sucks because I, I don't know, maybe I would have liked it if I hadn't come in with this, these expectations. I mean, and I mean, I think that sucks that we have to say that because it's, I don't like to put my expectations, my specific expectations onto a, a piece of work because I try to come into it unbiased but the trailer that showed us and the posters and like all the promotional stuff for this that we saw I think told a different story that we did not get at the end of the day like I I don't know I just feel like that that's what that's what set my expectations was the trailer like and and to the point like yeah even though like there is magic in the movie but like as Kate's been saying it's like boring magic it's not like soup like i guess mary's and the witch's flower was another g kids film but that's not studio ghibli but like that is an example where like the the fantasy and the magic play a big role in the plot whereas like the fantasy and the magic does not play a big role here 
And it just feels like, I'm not saying they had to do that because like we've seen in other Studio Ghibli movies, you can have a very grounded plot and but have a good plot that has actual conflict and actual and character development and depth and story. Whereas this one just felt very linear. There was like no dips and valleys for Earwig. It was just a very linear story and it felt bland. Yeah, it was point A, point B, done. Yeah, that's it. Because like even in the house that they live in is magical. We, like you said, the library, I like the library. I want to go back there and see more and learn more about it. But like we get it for one scene and then that's it. And I just, I'm sad. I am too. Yeah. But I guess let's wrap it up with some final thoughts um, and ratings. Okay. Yeah, so I gave it, I think it's like a 6.5 or 7 for me. It's a, it's, it sucks because like technically, like on a technical standpoint, it's a good movie. The animation is gorgeous. The sound, the score, the character design is phenomenal. It's just that execution, man. Give me that third act and I would have given you a 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 6.5 also because like, it really is the fact that we don't have a, any buildup. I need conflict. I need character growth. I need that. We needed a third act. We needed something. And I feel like that's really big, but it is a well done movie. Like if you, if I read the plot as it is done in the film, if I just read that before I, I went to go see this, I would be like, you, you made this movie. You, they did make a movie. It's great animation, great soundtrack like it for those reasons and I mean for its first for Studio Ghibli's first CGI um movie I think it's really well done how they adapted it yeah um but yeah I don't know I'm I'm gonna stick to a 6.5 so I it's not that I don't want them to take I don't want any negative feedback from this movie to mean that they don't try to make another movie like this in CGI because I would actually love to see another one yeah honestly they're never going to do this I would love it if they would just take the old ones and remake them in this just for the heck of it because make more money off nostalgia but Hayao Miyazaki ain't gonna never do that but they did it with Pokemon so why not so I think they may do it with stuff that Hayao didn't write and direct okay because that man is too protective over his work. He would not let them stop hand drawing backgrounds, Nisha. You think I know? <laughs> you think I know. That's why I'm like. <laughs> so to my point, I don't want to see any of it. Then <laughs> all the ones that I would, I would love to see Spirited Away done in this in this animation style. Will they do it? Hell no. Yeah, <laughs> that man goes but, him a sword. <laughs> yes. yes. Now, I I will say I I I'm I'm thrilled to see what this opens for Studio Ghibli because Hayao Miyazaki mm-hmm. is not young, and so like the the studio is gonna end up falling with Goro, and so it, it mm-hmm. is gonna be great to see where this takes them in animation because Studio Ghibli has defined feature animation for a very long time, and not just in Japan in in the right. West. Like it, Studio Ghibli is that that number one iconic studio that crossed crossed the ocean. I guess it's yeah. a dumb thing, but like. It, it, it it's important 
and it's great, <sighs> but I, I don't know what's next. I, I, I do want more of these. I just don't. I wonder if it was shorter because of how much work goes into CGI, but then I'm like, they hand painted backgrounds. So like, right. which one is harder? It's the first one in four years. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. So I don't know how long y'all worked on it. I don't know when the production started for this, but I will say if it just took longer, I you could have delayed this movie and I happily would have waited if that means I would have gotten my third act. Mm-hmm. Everything else has been delayed for COVID. Save was delayed for COVID but give me my third act yeah but anyways yes I am excited to see where this does take Studio Ghibli in the future because I do want them to continue to make um more films but until then I don't know y'all can go and judge it for yourselves (laughs) and so if you're listening to us right now you can watch Earwig and the Witch on HBO Max um or you can watch it in theaters but i don't recommend that because covid's getting worse not better so log into hbo max and if you want to let us know what you're feeling if you don't agree with us if you do agree with us head on over to dyht underscore pod on twitter and you can find me at oh my myth randier on twitter and instagram instagram is all manga all the time mostly yaoi Mostly yaoi. That's just your tagline right there. Put that on. Oh, that's our sweatshirt. There we go. Mostly yaoi. Mostly yaoi. I like it. Um, Also, you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nisha Plays. Um, I feel like at this point, my Instagram has just been where I drop my anime looks and t-shirts that I keep buying. But I love it. And also cosplays because I am planning on doing more cosplays now that I have my hair done and I look like somebody again. But yeah so follow us over there and with that what were your expectations for earwig and the witch did you like it more than us and is the mandrake earwig's daddy find out next time and did you have to bye my daddy (laughs) we're leaving on that note bye Did You Have To is co-produced by Kate Sanchez and Lanisha Campbell. Our intro is done by Dr. Emery Stephen Daniel. And our outro and intro music is by Benjamin Tissot, a.k.a. Ben Sound.